0: What's going on Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today is Power to the Pod. It's your show. All the things you want to talk about. Today, here, Locked on Dolphins. Let's get after it. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Friday, August 12th, 2022. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. And your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is power to the pod. It's our weekly mailbag episode. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. There's a ton of great Dolphins podcasts and resources that are out there for you guys. And for those of you who choose to start your day with Locked on Dolphins, Cheers to you! Now, it's the mailbag episode. It's power to the pod. I get it, right? But we do, we do have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Now, actually, there's two elephants in the room. One from each of the last uh, couple days of podcasting that we've done. First and foremost, the Texans failed Adam Shaheen on his tray on his physical. So, you know, the whole podcast we did about how good the process was to get something for Adam Shaheen when he was never going to make the roster and he he saved some cap space and the rollover cap and the long-term benefit that that can have and what a late-round draft pick can fetch a team that's in competitive win-now window and how all those things snowball together and how that was really good process by general manager Chris Greer. Yeah, all that's off. (laughs) That's all canceled uh, because Shaheen – uh, failed his physical with the Texans, even though he never missed a practice with the Dolphins. And was shipped back uh, to the Dolphins. So, Miami, of course, is in Tampa Bay uh, for joint practices with the Bucks, And that means Shaheen now was in Miami. I believe he traveled with the team to Tampa. Was traded to Houston. Went to Houston. Failed his physical. Now has to fly back to Tampa to rejoin the team. And then go back with the team that just tried to trade him again to Miami. So uh, the whirlwind life in the NFL is an NFL player, right? Nevertheless, the thought process was good. We'll see if the Dolphins find any other takers for Adam Shaheen, but I would imagine the, uh, the failed physical here, regardless of his availability during training camp, probably puts a nail in that coffin and makes Adam Shaheen more of a cut candidate but quite frankly the Dolphins have have told us what they think of Adam Shaheen in the midst of a crowded tight end room so I would expect the f- following steps to act accordingly and then continue to tell us the same thing but had to acknowledge that because that headline came through and I was like oh man not even the fact that Miami like y- you had this compensation that you got back but selfishly for me too just did a whole podcast on this and how good of a job this was and up in smoke. Now, the other thing is we spent some time earlier this week discussing uh, the salary cap and discussing uh, Dolphin's current cap situation for 2023 and rollover cap. And depending on where you look, overthecap.com or spotrack.com, you get different numbers. And from what my understanding is, just to clear up that there were some questions that I had got on this after this show came out, was... Spotrack.com does not account for rollover cap into 2023 when they show you what the Dolphins 2023 cap space situation looks like, which is why the Dolphins on Spotrack.com are projected to be $20-something million over the cap for next year. But they have $20 million of cap space right now that they can roll over for what they don't use. Overthecap.com, as I'm understanding, their base cap figures already account for rollover cap. So if you heard the podcast and you went to a resource yourself and you went to look around for yourself and you're like, dude, these numbers don't add up, Kyle. We know you're not a math guy, but geez louise, you're off by 20 million. That's my understanding as far as to why. So just wanted to acknowledge those two things right off the jump as far as programming that we did this week and um, making sure we're, we're all rowing in the same direction. We're all on the same page. And we all understand that Adam Shaheen is now back to being a member of the mining. So with that in mind, it's Power to the Pod. It's Mailbag episode. I got a bunch of reviews left up. The other question that I got a couple times this week is Kyle, how can I leave a review for Power to the Pod? You can reach out to me on social at LockedonFins with a pH. You can send me a DM. You can tweet at me. But the guys who and gals who get to the front of the line, leave a review of the show. And in that review, leave your question. I use a resource card called Chartable. So whether you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Podbean or whatever, wherever you leave a review, Chartable collects all of those reviews and pulls them into one place, one queue. Now, there's a couple-day delay, so if you left a review last night, it's not going to show up in the queue for today, but it'll be there next week, and we'll get it next week. So if, if you want to guarantee you get a, a review called out on the show, or a question called on the show, leave a review and include your question inside of that review. Of course, the motivation there for me is um, the more positive feedback we get on the show, the better reflection of the podcast and the standings, and then hopefully more Dolphins fans find it, we can grow our community. That's the thought process. Uh, which brings us to Eric, uh, who left a five-star review. Want to give him a shout-out. He didn't leave a question. But I am going to shout them out here on Power to the Pod. Excellent podcast today on who says Miami is not a football town. That was off the heels of uh, the big two of 65-yard completion uh, to Tyreek with uh, all the fans that were in attendance and how crazy everybody went. No, I lied. That was day one of, of uh, public practice. You know it's a good start offensively when you're starting to mix up what highlights happen on what day. Uh, same thing for Lewis. Left a five-star, no question. Uh, listen every day during the season. Kyle's best. Been following him since 2015 during the scouting days. So we're still on the scouting trail, Lewis. You should check out the DraftNetwork.com. Uh, MK, trade to make up for lost picks. First question of the day. Third review, though. Thanks for everything. Now that we've lost draft picks, do you feel making trades is a priority to cover our losses? Do you think Preston Williams, Eric Rowe, Miles Gaskin will be the first on the list, and can we get a mid-round picker better for these players? Okay, So a good question. Yes, I think Miami should be receptive to the idea of trying to rebuild some of their lost draft capital. Now, again, I said this when, when the punishment was handed down from the league, but I can come up with a third-round pick in 2024 pretty easily. That's a trade down of half a round on day two next April. You can, you can get that back pretty easily. As far as the first round pick goes, that's sunk cost at this point. I don't think you're going to I don't think there's any move that you would logically make as a competitive team for 2022 to recoup a first round pick. As far as Preston Williams, Eric Rowe, Miles Gaskin, I think Preston, I mean he's already communicated his displeasure with this situation. Gaskin is his Gaskin is probably RB5. I would look at Adam Shaheen. I would look at Limbo Jr. But I don't think you're going to get a, anything more than a, a pick swap for any of these players. And I'm going to leave Eric Rowe off. And the reason I'm going to leave Eric Rowe off is because as we got through our second day of joint practice, all of the things that we had that were words of encouragement for Nolik Benogany as the third outside corner uh, he had two rough practices against the Bucks. Um, it was one thing where we're getting put on a poster by Julio Jones because it's Julio Jones, but it's another thing altogether when the Bucs' second and third string guys are winning in the red zone and you can't find the football. And as I said yesterday in talking about Noah, um, it certainly feels like not all of the struggles here are related just to physical gifts, right? It feels like there there's a disconnect between the physical talent that he has and his performance on the field. But with with Noah regressing against Tampa in the way that he has the last two days, I don't know that I would be super eager to move Eric Rowe knowing that he's a coverage option, right? And even if that means you got to play Nick outside and then you put Eric in the slot and then you could still have Brandon Jones and Javon Holland on the field and kind of run a pseudo nickel, big nickel hybrid type with Rowe, who's a corner safety hybrid. I think he has too much value for you to move. Now, there is a player who I think could fetch you a day two pick and would clear up a lot of cap space, but I don't know if we're ready to have that conversation about number 88. Um, Again, it's the long-term vision that I have the question with. There's no question Mike is a good player, right? But the long-term vision within this offense and what that transition looks like will probably need a bigger sample size in what camp looks like, and I certainly don't, don't think it's something realistically that would happen. But if you wanted to say, hey, let's prioritize getting as big of a draft pick to bounce back as we possibly can, Even if it's after the season, because you will have the opportunity to use a franchise tag on 88 again if you want to. You do have that luxury as a team to use it twice on the same player. You're just going to pay 120% of what you did the first time around. So I'm not a math guy, but that's another $2.2 million. So you're paying around 13 and a quarter for Mike next year on the franchise tag if you use it on him a second time. Um... Now, so if you want to hold on to him, guarantee that you have his rights, and, and then that way you don't let him walk, don't spend anything in free agency and try and get a third or fourth round compensatory pick for 2024 back, you could tag Mike at the end of the season. If things don't go well, look to trade him and probably get a mid-round pick for him. I'd, I'd envision you'd probably get a, a high three, somewhere in there would be my expectation. So I think that's the player on the roster long term. You know, but but the one you're you're never gonna touch the value that you lost on the one, unfortunately. Before we go any further, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Our next question comes from Finkel is Einhorn. Loving what I'm hearing and seeing from Cam. And you compare it to the excitement last year of Albert Wilson was burning everyone, there is a clear difference. I have a restaurant recommendation for you. 20 minutes north of Pompano, you should check out Papa's Raw Bar. Okay, so obviously I missed out on this last, last week when I was down. Again, the whole couple day delay, getting everything into Chartable. But I'm not blaming Chartable because I'm going to be down in Miami several times Uh, this season, including next month for the season opener against the Pats. Papa's raw bar, very unique place. Great vibe. Make sure you have a clam conch half and half soup as an app. This sounds good. Papa's raw bar. We might have to, um, we might have to expedite the trip down South Florida. It's also next to Packy's, which is a bills bar that I like going to in dolphins gear. There's a bills bar in Pompano, 20 minutes north of Pompano, we got to get the pitchforks, obviously. If the Dolphins win week three, we're, we're going to go down and we're going to start, start some trouble, some good trouble. <laughs> um, I agree with the observation that the optimism that did exist last year had a different energy to it, and it comes, really comes down to the resume of the players that you're getting excited about, right? Albert Wilson burning everyone was, yeah, fun and exciting. But Albert Wilson, you knew at the end of the day, Albert Wilson had the track record that Albert Wilson did. As Tyreek Hill is putting Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean in a blender at joint practice against the Bucks, and the Bucs people are pretty low on their corners right now. And, and I get why, but like also remember, that's a terrorizing matchup for that style of these tall, long, high-hipped corners. These Dolphins receivers are really going to be problematic for those types of players, a.k.a. Amma Gardner and the New York Jets. It's the my business. So, the resume of the players involved, a rookie record-setting rookie record player in Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson as a really high-level player who really elevated his game last year, and Tyreek Hill, yeah, it should have a different energy about it. And it certainly does. And the momentum that the Dolphins uh, weaponry seems to have right now off of building upon a couple strong days of, of practice against themselves and then going against the Bucks and having a lot of success is a really promising start. It's a really, really promising start, but we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves because expectations minus reality equals disappointment, right? So... I'm going to try to remain as grounded and as objective as I possibly can by moving on to Disney Doze with the next one. Wondering if you think this salty Tua we're seeing is the real Tua, and his conservativeness last season was what Flores wanted him to be. By the way, I love salty Tua. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily the real Tua, but I feel like the conditions that Tua Tungvaloa existed in within last year was such that, like, what good is it going to do to talk? What good is it going to do to be loud? What good is it going to do? You know, and to himself said it, you know, I want I want people to understand that being humble doesn't mean Mr. Nice Guy that's going to get walked over all the time. So I'm proud of him for, for standing up for himself a little bit. And, and he's a player that I'm still conducting an ongoing evaluation on. I haven't really set, decided what side of the fence I'm going to ultimately sit on with Tua, but I'm open and objective to new information changing my mind, as it should, and I'm also rooting for him to have all the success in the world because he's the Miami Dolphins quarterback. Um, I think the conditions last year made it counterproductive versus now he feels – the incubation and, and the support around him to be a little bit more willing to speak his mind. So I don't know if it was necessarily Flores directly impressing that on him versus the situation itself. It's like, what good's gonna come out of this? Tyler. What's up, Tyler? Braylon Sanders or Eric Ezukama. Personally feel like Eric could easily be wide receiver four, maybe even push for wide receiver three spot by the end of the season. But I keep hearing about Braylon Sanders in camp. Do you think he makes the team? Also, what role do you think he will play rank amongst the Dolphins wide receivers? I do not think Braylon Sanders makes a team. And Braylon Sanders was a good college receiver who was productive at Ole Miss. And Braylon Sanders has had some really nice moments. Braylon Sanders, here and now, I think is probably a better play, a better receiver than what Preston Williams was in 2019 when he was a UDFA. But the difference is the quality of the wide receiver. Preston Williams made the team because the Dolphins had nobody to throw the ball to, right? And he's hung on since because he was productive early on and he showed some bright flashes and he has size, which you can't coach. Braylon Sanders, well, I think everybody's expectation as well as a UDFA, and then it's like, oh, this guy, this cat can actually play ball. It's like, yeah, no, no, duh, he can play ball. Um, and he played in a very productive offense as a big play playmaker. But Jeff Tyreek, you have, have Jalen Waddle, you have Eric Azukama, who you actually drafted and is, is outperforming Braylon Sanders quite comfortably in camp. So that's three. And then you have Cedric Wilson, so that's four. Now you're getting into special teams. And so, uh, Mohamed Sanu, as a veteran and physicality, I think brings an extra level to uh, some of the peripheral parts of playing the position. Once you're at wide receiver five and wide receiver six, it's not about running routes which he's going to have to develop, continue to develop, Braylon Sanders is. Um, it's more about, can you block? Can you cover kicks? Can you tackle an open space? And like Trent Sherfield, Muhammad Sanu, I think those guys all have an edge. I even think Limbaugh Jr. has an edge because of the versatility in which he can do versus Braylon Sanders is a guy who you're going to line up outside and he's going to be your fifth best wide receiver option to line up outside. That guy usually doesn't make the team. So, if you, you go back and put 2022 Braylon Sanders on the 2020 or 2019 Miami Dolphins, yeah, he makes the roster. And he probably starts over Preston Williams. But that's a testament to how the wide receiver room has evolved for the Dolphins over the course of the last year, year and a half. Huge win. Huge win. Uh, Miami versus, oh, dear Lord, this podcast. Week two, 2020. Dolphins, Bills, only started listening to you last season, so I didn't know about the, in your words, infamous podcast you did in 2020 after the Dolphins lost to the Bills in week two. So for fun, 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 he says. I went back and checked it out, and wow, I love the raw energy and emotion. I don't really remember any of the losses from that season that you got that animated while criticizing them, but I got to say as much as I hope we never lose again, if it does happen, you're at your best when you go to that place. I mean, that's what makes the wins taste so sweet that we care so much when they lose. Question. Okay. Question. How has McDaniel looked on the ground during training camp so far? Is he filling out the head coach role? Is he giving off that aura yet? He's a super unique guy, and I love it. I was wondering if there was anything unique on the ground you've noticed from him yet, other than his pressers. Uh, he's... He's engaged with his players and he's engaged intermittently throughout the course of of everything that's going on in a practice with each of the respective groups. And that's what you'd expect of a head coach. Um, But he was constantly on the move. He's got good energy. Uh, He's engaged with his quarterback. Those were kind of the notes that I had watching him specifically amidst the practice. Uh, But I would be lying if I also said that I sat here and I watched Mike McDaniel for an extended period of time during training camp, just because there is so much simultaneously happening with how they structure their practices, which in itself is an observation that is a testament to what I I really uh, am encouraged by for Mike McDaniel. Dade Omar Kelly recently said that Austin Jackson is looking like a respectable NFL starter. This time last year, he claimed Jesse Davis. Don't, Don't do Omar like that. Cheers to Omar, uh, transitioning to I Am Athlete. He's, he's moving on from the Sun Sentinel. I believe yesterday was his last day with the Sun Sentinel after a very, very, very long time on the beat. So cheers, Omar. Congrats on the next chapter for you. Looking forward to see what, uh, what you're able to do with I Am Athlete and new media. It was great seeing you last week at camp. My question is, has Austin Jackson really improved or should we treat those comments like the ones about Jesse Davis last year? Austin Jackson's a better player than what he was last year. Now, how much better he is, I don't know that you're going to get an accurate assessment of that until you get into game situations, right? Austin, it's never been physical talent for Austin. And this offensive structure, yes, should mitigate some of those issues in which the miscommunications and the oversets and pass protection and the missed time punches, like you're going to be moving the pocket more. So even if you do get a free run, you're going to have longer to go to get to the quarterback. And the quarterback will see you coming if you're off the front side. So, I'm cautiously optimistic that Austin, especially because his best stuff has always come in the run game, I think the offense is going to put Austin Jackson in a better position to succeed. I don't, I won't know, I should say, how far along he's come from a fundamentals and a technique and an IB and an instinct standpoint until we actually get him in some game situations. Mike from Denmark. Love using your show while running. Without it, that'd be 20 pounds heavier. I think the cut of Butler is interesting. I think Sealer sees more saps, but I also think Wilkins gets more pass rush opportunities. I frankly And frankly, I think he could be a difference maker. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that the, Christian Wilkins put the Dolphins in a situation right now where... I think you've got to be ready to put more on his plate and kind of just observe and see where the glass ceiling is. And if the glass ceiling never comes into play, give him more, give him more, give him more, give him more, but you can't do it all at once. Right. So, and and I think sealer could be very effective in some of the same roles that, that Adam Butler was effective with for the dolphins uh, as well. So uh, I think sealer and Wilkins are the two primary beneficiaries as well. I would love to see Wilkins continue to be more of a centerpiece and get some of those reps because I think his power versus Adam Butler's instincts could really move the needle as far as when you're running the stunts and the twists and the games inside and um, you know by design you are crashing into an offensive lineman to collapse that down and create a bigger gap for the twister or looper to come back through behind you. The more power you have, the more easy it is when you crash into that offensive lineman to create displacement for yourself and then pinball off of that and drive up to the quarterback. So, an own pip. Might have got that wrong from a pronunciation standpoint. If I did, I apologize. But your, your caption is, you make me a smarter fan. And thank you very much. It's the greatest compliment that you can give me. Do you have a take on how much of Flores' legal action against the Finns is from true moral outrage versus how much is sour grapes and vindictiveness? thought it was moral stain at first, but he does seem to be trying to burn down a lot on his way out of town. I think I'm going to... I would hate to make an uneducated assumption about somebody's motivations, right? And for as easy as it is for us as Dolphins fans um, to jump on the pile with Brian Flores in every dynamic, uh, there were a lot of good things that Brian Flores did for the Dolphins during his time here. Now, he wasn't a perfect coach. Apparently he wasn't a perfect leader. And uh, some of those flaws were contributing factors in the Dolphins deciding to make a transition and go away. And, and how much of those flaws versus legitimate gripes that, that Brian Flores experienced, I'm not in a position to say. So, and I, I'd rather not make the, uh, the assumption one way or the other, which brings us to our last question from Finn's Up W. Kyle, love the podcast. This was the first podcast I ever gave. Oh, thank you. Ever gave a try and have not left, nor do I plan on it. I see a lot of videos of our practice on Twitter. I love watching them, of course, since I've been depraved of Dolphins football. But are you afraid of our scheme getting out there or them showing too much information? Or is this normal with all the teams with today's level of technology and social media? I don't think you're... Here's what I'll say. And I'm glad you asked this question. Fins up. The difference makers early on with your scheme, nobody is going to get blindsided. When the Dolphins come out, they run wide zone. And they run a leak end of the flat, a cross over the middle, and a vertical route, whether it's a post or a go route, and then you have that vertical three-level stretch. Or when they run screen game to the perimeter with Tyreek Hill. Or they run RPO out of the gun with a glance route, to the ISO side that tries to pull the, the backside back or to step down and fill and fit the run. And then you pull and pop and throw the slant behind. it. Those are like, it's not a surprise. It's what Tua Tagovailoa has done well. And it's the staples of every Shanahan based offense in the history of mankind, right? That's not what, that's not what is going to win or lose you a football game. The little things that are going to win or lose you the football game are not what the dolphins are doing right now. Well, Yes, the, the practice and the execution, and the install are going to win or lose you football games based on how consistently you are able to to do the things you're supposed to do. But the Dolphins will have the ability, with practices closed to the public and practices closed to the media, to begin to implement a lot of the wrinkles, right? And I think back to 2020 when the Patriots and Dolphins played Week One, and the Dolphins played Cam Newton at the quarterback position, and you knew. They're going to run smash-mouth football, and they're going to run QB power, and they're going to run option, right? And that's what they did. And the Patriots ended up winning the game, and it wasn't because the Dolphins weren't prepared for QB power and weren't prepared for power read and weren't prepared for the the zone read and things coming that, that drawed you inside and then you ran to the perimeter. It was the blocking wrinkles where usually you run your double teams with your tackle and your guard. And instead, they made a change in how that combination block worked on the edge. And it took several times for the Dolphins to adjust to something like that. It's the little, it's the little things. These are the core principles that you're going to use to establish your entire identity. But they're also the same core principles that every offense that has been using this playbook for forever has, has had at their disposal. So I'm not worried about the base level stuff. And the Dolphins are smart enough to know we're going to install the base versions of our plays here and now because it is in the public eye. But Mike McDaniel, when I was down last week, also said at the end of the day, we should have the expectation to be good enough at what we do and talented enough with our players that even if you know what's coming, conceptually, it's going to stress you enough where we can still make you wrong and we could still execute and we could still have a good play as the result. So I'm not particularly concerned, and I know that the, the the weeks that are ahead that are not open to the public eye are the things that are going to create the margins needed to win in the first month, month and a half of the season before you put enough film on where people can really start to pick up on what you're doing, and then it becomes on you to adjust offensively. go. Hope you guys enjoyed this week of Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. We have Dolphins football tomorrow. Get excited, preseason game. We'll see. We might have a post-game post episode. I don't know yet. Haven't decided. Don't want to get your hopes up. We'll definitely talk about it on Monday, but we also might talk about it over the weekend. So hit subscribe. That way you don't miss it either way when it goes live. Fin's up. Your team every day here on the Lockdown Network. Thanks for checking out Lockdown Dolphins. Make it a great weekend. And go Dolphins.